Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Librarian Influencers Podcast, and I'm very excited today to have Librarian Nicole Cruz with us. So, Nicole, tell us a little bit about your time in the library. Definitely. I had a unique experience in my first library. It was a return to the school where I first began teaching all the way back in 1992, and that was in San Benito, CISD, at Berta Vasa Middle School. That was my first library job, and... um, I graduated from Sam Houston State University in 2001, but I started working as a school librarian in 2000. So yeah, that was my first job. Okay. Well, so Nicole, like where are you working right now? What kind of library are you in? Currently, I'm employed at Sherilyn ISD in Mission, Texas, and I serve two high school campuses. I serve our comprehensive high school, which is Sherryland High School. We have a student enrollment of just over 1,500. Mm-hmm. And then I serve our early college high school, which is our Sherryland Advanced Academic Academy. And the student enrollment of that particular campus is around 400. Okay. So how, what does that mean that you're, are you physically going between two locations or, or what, how does that work? It's a unique situation. So our early college high school is actually on the same campus as our Sherryland High School. So, and my library is a beautiful standalone facility. It's 18,000 square feet, complete with a full lecture hall, um, computer lab, a huge main area floor, and additional uh, professional library and a conference room. Wow, very impressive. (laughs) So what yes, about the- I'm very blessed. I have my own zip code, basically. Yeah. Like- <laughs> so what is the other situation like with the, the early college one? Well, so the students will come to the library or I'll go out to their classrooms and do instruction and co-collaborate with teachers. So they share, they share our campus. They share common areas like our cafeteria, the library, um, other areas, and our students intermingle because some of our SA3 students are involved with clubs that are sponsored by teachers at SHS and vice versa. Okay, that's neat. All right, so you you mentioned it's been quite a while since you got started in the library. Do you have any funny stories or things that you remember from the beginning? I just remember, um, like I said, I went back, my first library job was this campus where I first taught. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I remember about it is just being fearless. And, And in the way that, I knew so many of the faculty and the administrators and I felt so comfortable that I just jumped in and, you know, I wasn't afraid to try things that were new. I felt very comfortable with the relationships I had built and that were already in place Mm -hmm. and then building Mm -hmm. new relationships, of course, with uh, staff that I wasn't familiar with. Okay. See that. And some people worry about, you know, should I apply for a job at my own school? Cause they're, they're concerned about people not recognizing that they've transitioned, you know, to a new role. So for you, that worked out awesome. So. Right. Okay. I, I was away from that campus for four years. Okay. And that I, so I was uh, living in another city and working at another uh, middle school at that time. But, uh, and what helped me also is I felt like I was very grounded because my seven years as a teacher, a classroom teacher had, given me, you know, the ideology and the theology of 
what students in the middle school are like and what their emotional and academic and social needs were. Okay. So I felt pretty secure in that. So then I can just focus in on the librarianship aspect. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Because in Texas where you are, you, we are required to be teachers first. So you were, you know, transitioned from a classroom um, into that. So is there any kind of advice that you wish you had known um, back in the early days? I guess the thing is just to not take yourself or your, or the profession too seriously. Laugh and find humor. Um, you know, <laughs> that I remember as a teacher, um, I, I had students that were limited English. And one day I gave an assignment to students and I said, I want a 500 word essay tomorrow. Well, my students was thinking that I said, hey, essay, I want 500 words tomorrow. So this little boy brought in a paper uh, front and back of words that he written down uh, 500 words so he had back and then pack and then backpack and cat oh, and, okay you know, and I realized that was a mistake on my part not being clear on the instructions I gave him a hundred percent we had a good laugh about it you know um so it's just one of those things that you find humor and everything and don't take yourself too seriously and realize that everybody has different perspectives mm -hmm. we sometimes assume too many things and as librarians, I would say our best skill is to listen because we have to listen and we have to ask questions when patrons come to us, whether they're teachers, parents, or students, and we need to find out exactly what it is we can give them that will best serve their needs or help them find what will serve their needs. So just, just really tone in on your listening skills and don't worry too much about you know, what the perception of you is. Just work on your craft and your skill. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so you've gotten a lot of years of, of practice now. And uh, so what kind of things are you working on this summer that are letting you get ready for next school year? So this summer, I am, I'm a big proponent of self-care and okay. family connections because once the school year starts, there's not a lot of downtime. Mm -hmm. I, I'm really good at filling time <laughs> with um, activities and programming and lessons. And it just seems like, you know, jumping from one thing to the next constantly. And we're all pretty good. I think librarians are really good at multitasking, mm -hmm. even though sometimes we have to step back and, and realize that when we multitask, sometimes we lose certain skills or aspects. And so we do have to focus in at time and just kind of zoom in on something. Mm -hmm. But in the summer, I read as much as possible. Right now I'm reading the uh, uh, Battle of the Books titles for high school. Uh, we just started that program in our district two years ago, and I was blessed enough to have uh, one team the first year, and then I expanded last year, and we had two teams, one from each campus that I serve, and I really enjoy that. Uh, so in the summer, I work on just spending time with my family. Mm -hmm. I have elderly, elderly parents and aging parents who have a lot of medical needs, so I'm focused on that. I did take a Google Level 1 educator um, class this summer, so I'm ready to challenge that test to, to get Good. that Level 1 certification. But um, I spent a lot of time perusing Twitter and um, honing in on some professional learning networks too. Okay, well, that's good. So it is self-care, but, but then you also do still have in the back of your mind, I could hear, you know, it's still tied into, you know, your profession and how you're kind of getting ready for next year. So right. I'm a big person that tells the librarians that I work with my district because, 
beyond serving two campuses, I'm also the lead librarian for Sherryland ISD. Okay. So we have a total of 13 schools and I work alongside 11 professional fully certified librarians. Wow. So very blessed to have that companionship and springboards for new ideas. And in our district, we have all levels of experience. Okay. So it's super fun. So talk a little bit about that role. So you're, you're a high school librarian and you're helping to support the librarians in your district. How does that work? Right. So um, I'm the one who uh, orchestrates the meetings. We have at least six meetings a year. Not We used to have monthly meetings, but they were only held on Fridays after school, mm -hmm. which everybody in education knows your <laughs> level of energy on a Friday after school. Um, so one of the proponents that I worked on early on when I stepped into that role was getting our meetings held during the school day. And so we had time to step away from our campuses um, and come together. So I want to garner input from the librarians, asking them what their professional growth areas are, what their goals for the year are. We do a lot of goal setting and planning together when we come to those meetings, as well as training trainings on new um, software application tools that we can use in our librarian toolkits. Okay, sounds great. Okay, so you, you mentioned the, uh, the, your librarians and you've got certified librarians everywhere. So how do you kind of see the role of the librarian on the campus? Where do they have the biggest influence or the biggest impact? Well, that's why one of the reasons I wanted to become a librarian after being a classroom teacher is there's a lot of diversity in the role that we have. We serve, um, you know, usually on, on campuses, unless you're blessed to have a, a larger maybe high school where there's two or more librarians, but mostly, most of the times, you're the only person that is in that role on your campus. So that can be a detriment at times because it sometimes feel, feels very lonely, but it also can be a plus. We have to make it a plus because we have to be very accessible, very welcoming. I think one of the things that is most important in terms of influence on our campus it goes back to what I said earlier, building relationships and listening to people, finding out what their passion is, what their needs are regarding curriculum, and how you can provide services or assistance to help them reach their goals. And when I say them, I'm also including, of course, our most important patrons, which are our students, and then, of course, our teachers, even our support staff. A lot of times, our custodians, our cafeteria workers, our clerks and paraprofessionals come to the library to do some of their trainings mm -hmm. and modules. So, you know, helping them. One of the things that I really I had fun with this year was voter registration events. We held two this year, one in the fall and one in the spring to get our students um, excited about their civic responsibility of being able to go out and vote this year. And furthering that, you know, being an active citizen in our election process. That's awesome. So that's one kind of like a programming idea that you have. What are, the, what are some other fun things that you've done in high school with the kids? If you can think it, we've tried to do it. <laughs> um, first and foremost, again, you want to go out to your, your population you serve, see what their needs are. Some of the things that I do annually are the Texas Youth Creators Awards program. We had a super exciting moment this summer when we were notified that one of our finalists was actually the recipient of the Bob Bennett Best of Show for wow. the Texas Youth Creators Awards. And this is a, 
awesome um, opportunity that is sponsored through our professional organization, Texas Library Association. And uh, students can enter one of 10 different categories and it's all grade levels, pre-K all the way up to our seniors. So I go out and talk to the classes about that. Also, of course, research. Um, we've had poetry slams. We've had authors, illustrators. We always, every year for the probably last four or five years, we've connected with the Texas Commission on the Arts and brought in touring artists from their roster. And this year we brought in a group from San Antonio, the Indigenous Cultures um, group, and they performed an original um, piece um, dealing with the Texas Blue Bonnet actually. And what we did is we vertically aligned. So instead of targeting our high school students for this production, we brought in students from all of our feeder elementary schools. That was an opportunity for them to come to the high school campus and see this amazing and talented cast. What was really neat, Laura, is that opportunity turned into such a blessing during our school closure because our indigenous cultures turned around and was able to help us financially support some families that were struggling in our district with some grant fees. So just, um, you know, if you can think about it, it can be done. Of course, we did the Battle of the Books um the voter registration just 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 be open-minded and look for those people who want to connect and want to work on projects with you okay so when you're looking at next year is there any special new thing that you've got going on oh boy (laughs) (laughs) a lot of unknowns i know but (laughs) well i just think um supporting our families and our parents i'm i'm really wanting to connect with our parents this coming year and help, you know, I I mentioned uh, earlier that one of my passions is working with teens and, and really checking in on their mental health. And I just feel that at this time with our pandemic and COVID-19, one of the most important concepts of mental health for teens, of course, is that parent connection. Mm -hmm. And so you have had teens with their parents who may have great relationships and awesome communication. And then you have some that maybe they don't have a lot of table talk and they don't know how or where to start. And just, I'd like to reach out and work with some of our parents in the district and maybe develop um, a parent group that we can, you know, it could start as a book talking or a book discussion group, but it could grow into so much more. And that's what I think I'm going to, one of my focus areas for this coming year will be. Okay. Well, so you mentioned teens and mental health. Is there some, like any kind of activities that you've already done? Yes. This last year we had a um, professional development for our entire staff on mindfulness. And then taking that a step further, we had an intern from UTRGV who was working in her doctorate um, in psychology. And she came and she needed some faculty to participate every Wednesday from 4.15 to 5 o'clock on a mindfulness group that was amazing it was originally targeted for teachers but of course you know i just put my thinking cap on and jumped into the group invited myself and that that's something i want to share with early librarians invite yourself there's nothing wrong you know and if you stumble into a meeting you know i say oh it's my first year i didn't realize it was a closed meeting and more than likely people are going to be like oh no 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 you know it's not closed especially walk in with a tray of snacks or (laughs) or a little brochure or a bookmark or you know freebies we all like those um so yeah that's something that i i think 
would be helpful in a new setting, you know, just to go in and, and make yourself comfortable being around people. That mindfulness, that was a springboard for me to buy resources for our students, for our parents. And it really helped me because this, this year personally was a whirlwind for me because I had a lot of health issues with my parents. Mm -hmm. So on top of all of my professional obligations and, and responsibilities, um, that family pull was something that tugged on my heart. So, okay. So for people who may not be familiar with the, the term mindfulness, can you give a little brief description of what that means? Sure. I mean, and you can look at it at many different ways. Some people, when they hear that term, they're thinking meditation, self-reflection, yoga. Um, but really it's just being present and quieting all the mental noise around you mm -hmm. and within you. We carry our, a lot of our own baggage with us yeah. and we need to learn how to, I think earlier I mentioned about perspective and don't, don't worry so much about what people think about you. I had a conversation with my daughter when she was just going into high school and I asked her if there's one thing you could change about me as a person, what would it be? And she's, she didn't hesitate. She jumped on it and she said, mom, I wish that you wouldn't worry so much about what people thought. Oh. And I thought, whoa, that, that really hit the nail on the head because I am a people pleaser. I'm always looking to seek approval and acceptance. And boy, that was prolific from somebody that was so young, but yeah. obviously knew me quite well. <laughs> and from that point, I was able to turn things around and realize, you know what? That's sage advice. And I think mindfulness is about that, accepting and loving who you are and what your strengths are. Okay. Very good. Now, since you're with high school, I know you do a lot of college readiness things too. So talk a little bit about what goes on in your library in that area. College readiness. Well, one of our events that we do annually is we have our alumni. So our recent graduates are invited to come back in January, typically over their December holiday. Mm -hmm. And we have a panel discussion. So oh. we try to get students who went to school out of state, in state, private schools, public schools, Ivy Leagues, community colleges, technical, vocational, and of course our military. Mm -hmm. We try to get a wide range of perspectives and we invite these students to come in and tell us how the first six months on their own or independence is going. And they have an open mic Q&A with our current students. Ah. So our current students come in and they can go up to the mic and they can ask any question they want. And they can direct it to a specific student on the panel. So for example, if we have a student from Texas A&M and that student that goes to the mic is considering being an Aggie, they might say this question is for and then direct it just to that person. Or they might just be open-ended and ask the question of any group. Okay. And then of course, one of the things that we do promote is we work closely with our Go Center to promote FAFSA drives. Um, we want to publicize that and help, you know, students know that there's computer access and people that are going through that or just like peer-to-peer -peer mentoring that can continue. We also um, try to publicize club organizations, scholarships, um, resume writing. Um, a lot of times the lecture hall that I mentioned that's part of our library, they book that for college visits mm -hmm. and informational uh, meetings for parents. And I like to be involved with that. So even if it's just me greeting parents or setting up the table for the snacks or uh, volunteering to put something on the marquee or on the um, campus website, 
and that's another way that I can be involved or help out and, and get that information into the hands of students and parents who need it most. That's awesome. So do you have any resources that you recommend that are college readiness resources? Oh, yes. I absolutely love our Region 1 resources. Um, the Gale has um, Turk, that's Testing Education Reference Center. Mm -hmm. And then we have Learning Express with uh, EBSCO. And the kids can go on there. They can take AP practice exams, SAT, ACT. They can actually uh, sign up for classes to like a prep class and then they can take practice tests mm -hmm. because I think just those entrance exams can be very scary. And then of course, beyond the digital, you always want to balance with your print. So you want to keep up to date with, you know, some of our kids want to carry that 20 pound SAT book around, you know, <laughs> and you know, sometimes I, I always try to guide them. If they come up with a 20 pound SAT book that was copyrighted 2018, I'll bring them around the counter and say, well, let me show you something else, you know, but I go into the classrooms and I do lessons on how to set up their personal accounts. Okay. And also I, like I say, I'm really good about inviting myself to meetings. So our athletic booster club president, I knew her pretty well from this year and the past years. And so I invite myself and say, Hey, I can show the parents how they can, all these resources we have so that they can start setting up like expectations for their students. Hey, you need to practice your ACT skills for 30 minutes this week or something like that. Okay. Very good. So you've got a lot going on. <laughs> college readiness with the alumni um, panel is we also do what we call the alumni snapshot campaign. So okay. every graduating senior from both SA3 and SHS receive a flyer in their packet. And they basically are made to feel like a superstar. We wanna, we wanna put you up on our walls and our campus. And we ask them to take a picture of themselves outside their institution of higher learning. And this year, some of them aren't gonna be on campus. We can take a picture of their virtual learning or however that will work. And just, we put those up in our buildings all around campus or our hallways. And that promotes because our current students are like, oh yeah, I remember that senior. Oh, she's at, you know, um, University of Houston now. And, and that way it seems attainable to our students who maybe are first generation college bound. Mm -hmm. If they see their peers on that college campus, in the hallway every day. That's a constant reminder. If they can do it, I can do it. That's good. And I, I can really see that working on their mindset, like what you were just saying, that they can do it, I can do it. That's very And I think you gave me an idea right now, actually. I was thinking about virtual and everything and doing this podcast with you. I'm super excited. I was just thinking one of the trainings I went to this summer was the RGV uh, virtual camp, which uh -huh. was fantastic. Yes. Shout out to all the organizers. And one thing I want to do this year is podcasting. And I'm starting to think, well, I could do a podcast with our graduates and checking with them. Yeah, so, that'd be fun. That'll be and another target area. <laughs> and then people could access it on demand. That would be awesome. Great. Yeah. So very good. All right. So you've, you've been doing these things for a while. What about our new librarians? Do you have any kind of first steps that you could recommend to them if they're getting started and they're thinking about either mental health or college readiness? Well, I would say the best thing that I've done for myself in, in terms of mental health is really networking with people that are in the same field I'm in. I would first and foremost absolutely recommend they join TLA. Mm -hmm. Become a member, even if you don't have travel funds to go to conference, because there's so many benefits of membership beyond the annual conference. So first and foremost, be a member of TLA, connect with people who are in your field, look for opportunities to um, invest in leadership skills, 
because I feel um, librarians are definitely campus leaders. Mm-hmm. And we're more, I guess, I don't want to say quiet, but behind the scenes leaders from time to time. But if you ask people um, on a campus, when they have a librarian that they feel so comfortable with and confident with their abilities, you become a confidant. You become a, a springboard for ideas. So first and foremost, get, get together with other people who will build you up because you are by yourself daily on campus. Mm-hmm. So you need that connection with others. Another thing I would recommend for early um, career librarians is it's not possible to finish everything in one day. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> this, I would say make a list. This sounds very basic. But it has saved my life. If you, I love to make lists because I get the greatest satisfaction of crossing things off. <laughs> Back to summer, my family and during the school closure, I think they're like a little tired of my list making because I've not only made my own list, but I made ones for them. <laughs> and I'm like, but isn't it fun when you cross one off? And I, my husband, I think, commented the other day, yes, but I know another one's going to come <laughs> I think that's what we as librarians are always thinking. Oh my goodness. There's so much I haven't gotten done today. We can't focus on what we haven't done. We need to focus on what we've done and that will build your self-confidence and it'll give you the energy to come back the next day and pick up where you left off. Mm -hmm. Need to celebrate those little mini successes and wins along the way. Very true. All right, Nicole, now you mentioned um, TLA, which for people who are not in Texas, that's our, our state library association, and that that's one way that you're staying sharp. Is there anything else that you do um, that really helps you keep learning and growing in your profession? Um, I pr- well, I before I became a co-moderator, I participated in the Texas Library Chat, which okay. has led me to other chats that are out there. There's EduChat, um, uh, there's just a ton of them. So I think like your PLN and on your social media, you can find a lot of outlets and you can, you don't have to like get on there and post, you can get on there and lurk mm-hmm. and just read and hear the comments. And that's a good way to start off. I would, I would recommend that. And I would also recommend that you do something that feeds yourself. Mm-hmm. I tell my librarians, it's my favorite saying to remind my team and my group as because I love to travel and I'm actually supposed to be coming back from Maui today. (laughs) (laughs) No, COVID-19 had other, other plans for us, but we rescheduled that trip. So hopefully it'll happen at a later date, but I love the saying that you get on the airplane and you know, in the case that we lose cabin pressure, please secure your own mask before helping someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so contrary to our profession because we're always thinking and serving other people Uh but at some point your own energy level is going to drop because unlike the energy you know energizer bunny we're not all going to be able to keep going and going and going Mm -hmm. and when our energy level drops we have a hard time uplifting the people that we want to serve so take care of yourself and make time if it's time to go get your hair cut or going to go to the gym or a morning walk before work, something you need to carve out of your day to do your self care. And I also learned a very, very powerful acronym from a professional colleague of mine. And that acronym is HALT, HALT, H-A-L-T. And it stands for 
hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. If any time through the course of your day, you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you really need to halt, stop what you're doing and take care of your basic need. Wow. What you do, you'll have a whole better perspective and the smile will come back to your face and people will feel great when they see you. Yeah. What I'm picturing is that Snickers commercial, you know, where they're, they're showing, <laughs> you know, it's a whole yeah, a strange creature. And then they have the Snickers bar and you see the human side come back to them. But that, that's a really good acronym. I need to remember that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right, Nicole, you've shared so much. So if our listeners want to connect with you and, and keep learning um, the kinds of things that you're sharing, where, where can they find you online? I'm on Twitter. Okay. Uh, my Twitter okay. handle is at Cruise23Mac. Okay. And I'm also on Facebook. I just started an Instagram. Yay! <laughs> my senior graduate daughter for helping with me that. So my Instagram, I, and of course I need followers and I need to follow. So it's cruise and read. Okay. So and read. And I just started a TikTok. A little okay. scared about that, but we're going to try it out. And then I have a Gmail email that they can also reach out to me. All right. So listeners, if you want to see these links, uh, you can get onto the show notes and you'll be able to to click and follow Nicole there. And thank you so much, Nicole, for your time today. You shared some really fun ideas and just really helped us kind of get a good perspective, you know, on, on how we're serving, but to make it fun, keep it light and take care of ourselves. So that's very important. So yes. thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to following you and, and learning more from you. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.